this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who was able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is what worked within us, to him be all glory in the church and to Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's a good prayer. If everybody pray for something that you're not real comfortable with them praying for you for, you ever had that happen? Like someone starts praying, you're like, oh, 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 I didn't ask for that stuff, right? That's, that's too much, right? I remember hearing a story about a pastor one time that was talking to a guy. He said he was a very passionate atheist. He's pastor, I don't want to care about God. God didn't even exist. I'm an atheist. There's no God. So the pastor was a little bit witty, and he said, well, you mad? would you mind if I prayed for you? And the guy was like, I don't care if you pray for me. There's no God anyway. So the pastor closed his eyes. He was like, dear God, just pray right now in this moment that you would strike this man dead. God, strike him dead in this moment. And the guy was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he's like, well, what does it matter, right? <laughs> Sometimes people pray stuff we're not real comfortable with. And this passage of scripture, I think here in Ephesians chapter 3, we've been working through past two weeks. It's one of those. Paul drops some pretty huge prayer bombs all the way through Ephesians chapter 3. And we're talking about this idea of immeasurably more, that God would do immeasurably more. And Paul's praying for that. But man, oh man, I don't know if we're ready for that. I don't even know if we can actually imagine that. Here's who I want to talk to this morning. I want to talk to anybody that's here this morning that you would say, Darren, I, I, I love all your inspiring sermons and whatnot, but I tell you where I'm at this morning. You can pray great prayers and we can dig into this stuff, but I'm at a place this morning where I, I can barely imagine tomorrow. Let alone my future. Like where I'm at for real today is I'm really having a difficult time imagining anything in my life ever being different. My hope and my prayer today is that over the next 30 minutes that that God would begin to transform your heart and your mind to where you might be able to believe that because of his image in you, you could imagine more. I'm Pastor Darren. So glad to be with you guys this morning. Get a chance to be here. I rode my snowmobile here this morning. It was a phenomenal trip. But I want to take a minute and welcome everyone that is in their jammies right now at home on the online campus. Hi, everybody. Welcome. So glad you're there. Thanks for joining us. We wish we were you in some ways, right? I'm sure my kids and my wife are currently at Jammie Church. On Instagram Live, I said you could just go to jammiechurch.com and check it out. And that's not an actual uh, URL, but we might want to buy that. Demetri, we just get on to get buying that. We might want to get that. Anyway, we're so glad you're here. And... Um, I love being a part of Mercy Road. It's a church that uh, if you're here and, and you're struggling to imagine more, this church was started for you. 
We really believe that no one is too far away from God to experience life change through Jesus. And we really do want this church to be an absolute hospital for sinners, not just a museum for saints that come to hang out every seven days. And as we look at this passage I just read from you, here's, here's the, the difficult part. And here's what I want you to know this morning. I want you to know to this, is that your imagination for your future is actually a reflection of your image. Your imagination for your future is actually a reflection of your image. Let's unpack that a bit. Because here's one of the difficult things I think we work through is this. Is sometimes when we, when we get thinking about imaginably more, like God would do immeasurably more than I could ever imagine, we get stuck because sometimes immeasurably more sounds like I can't even imagine. My friend Tracy, I want to tell you her story. Her and her husband Tom go to church here at Mercy Road. Phenomenal people. About eight years ago, in fact, I'm going to tell you a story. And if you want to hear the whole story today, you can go download the Born to Be podcast with Tracy's episode. It's episode 90. You say, Darren, you have a podcast with 90 episodes? Yes, we do. And uh, every, every week we release a new, new uh, episode. So you can just go to radiotheology.com or you can go to iTunes or wherever you get uh, podcasts and just search for the Born to Be podcast. Tracy shares her story. Where she was living a great life. She was working for a huge pharmaceutical company, promotion after promotion, moving all of the country, just continue. Her star was rising, right? Everything was up and to the right for her, or up and to the left. Which way is it? Yeah, up and to the left, right? She was great. She had one kid, then she had two kids, then she had a third daughter. She had three healthy, awesome babies. Life is great, powerful job. And then she feels like she needs to do the noble thing and quit that powerful, high-profile job to stay home and raise her three daughters. She didn't want her nanny raising them anymore, so she comes home to raise her kids. A few years into that noble choice, she finds herself in an absolute tailspin of identity because the job, the title, the money, the prestige, all of the things that made her her, they're gone. Now she's just mom. And she didn't know who she was anymore. Then something took place that brought her marriage to the absolute brink of destruction. And in the darkest place of her life, she said she's laying face down on her bedroom floor, weeping bitterly. And she says, at that point, I couldn't even imagine the next day. My job, my identity, and now maybe my family is gone There's not a chance I can imagine immeasurably more or even Monday. Some of you have been there. Some of you may be there right now. And if you are, I want to thank you for coming this morning. I think the solution to our problem when we can't imagine more than the current situation is actually possibly found in the word imagination or the word imagine. The root word there is imago from the Latin, which means image, right? Imago, then the next kind of iteration of it is imaginary, which means to picture to oneself, and you may have heard the word imago if you've been around church, because sometimes we like to speak Latin, but we don't, but we want to sound cool because it's like Bible stuff. So the term imago Dei, you may have heard, which means image of God. 
And I wonder if our problem, if we can't imagine more than we're in right now, is maybe our issue is that we're not focused on the Imago Dei, we're focused on the Imago Me. Is we can't even imagine more about our future because the image we're focused on is our own. It's our own mistakes, it's our own problems, it's our own failures, it's our own pattern of behaviors, it's our own potential in ourself. And when our eyes are fixed only on us, our imagination is no more than our own current reflection. And that can be a pretty dark place sometimes, can't it? But if we're going to imagine great things about our future, if we're going to come into this, this idea of like that God could do immeasurably, I can't even imagine I can't even measure or imagine what God can do in my life. For us to actually believe and imagine great things in our future, we first have to believe unimaginable things about our past. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm not talking about your past like last week. I'm talking about your past like us as human beings when we were created in the Imago Dei. In Genesis chapter 1, God says this, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish and the sea and the birds in the air, the cattle, and oh yes, earth itself, every animal that moves in the face of the earth. And God created human beings and he created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female, God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. I think so often our struggle, if you're at a place this morning, we say, Darren, I can't imagine more than I'm at today. In fact, the the immeasurably more is maybe an inch further than where I'm at. Maybe the issue is that you have forgotten that you were created in the image of God, that you share his nature, that you're created to actually grow and be transformed day by day by day to be more like him in your character, more like him in your hope, more like him in your love, more like him in your faith. That you're right. You, as a reflection of what you've been till today and in your humanity and in your fallenness, that, 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 that future, not that great. But if you live every step of your life taking the actual imaginable next step towards becoming more like the God who created you in his image to begin with, then who knows, your future might be immeasurable. That's why Paul says stuff like this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So listen to this, listen, listen, listen. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is Eternal, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. You see, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal, your soul. And when your soul is connected with God and you give Jesus your life, he brings your soul to life. He restores what has been broken, and you are now a full human being, body, flesh, and soul brought together to be renewed day and day to be more like him in your mind, in your soul, and your strength. And when God begins to daily, incrementally, sometimes immeasurably, slowly transform you into his image, your future is beyond imagination. Here's another thought about that. Hebrews chapter 12. Don't you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way 
All these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Listen to this here. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. And when you find yourself flagging in your faith or when you can't imagine tomorrow, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If this week you found yourself face down on your bedroom floor, not able to imagine the next day, depressed, anxious, scared, my guess it's because you are staring at your own image, your own failings, your own mistakes, your own potential outside of the image of God within you. I want to invite you to the possibility of partnering up with God, giving him your life, and then day by day, stepping into his image that he created within you to begin with. Here's the struggle with that, though. Sometimes immeasurably more happens unimaginably slow. You want to know one of my most annoying gripes with God is? That he's not in a hurry. I am. I want it fixed yesterday. I want to be better now. I want it And God says, no, see, I'm not really in a hurry because we're, we're working on this for eternity. We got plenty of time here. You see, back to Tracy's story. She's laying face down in her bedroom. She's a Christian, and the way she tells a story in, in, in the podcast is she began to go back to what she learned in the spiritual DNA workshop she took. She began to go over results, and she went and she said, how is God's nature, how is God's image uniquely reflected in me? And she had learned in spiritual DNA how she connected uniquely with God. And so day by day, little by little, unimaginably slowly, she began connecting with God in a unique way that she connects with God. Then she understood how her personality came through with her voice or her role within God's kingdom. And then day by day, step by step, unimaginably, sometimes slowly, she began taking steps to become who she was born to be in God's kingdom. Then she put that together with her strengths, with her passions, with the pain that she was going through. And it led up to a moment earlier this year where she's laying in a hammock in her backyard and she has the most powerful real experience with the Holy Spirit where she literally sensed like he was sitting in the hammock next to her, something she had never experienced. It fully freaked her out. It was absolutely beyond her imagination for how God interacts with human beings. And in that moment, she tells the story how he unfolded the, her whole life to see how he was working in that and how he had been at work incrementally, almost, almost immeasurably, unimaginably slowly over the past eight years, transforming her heart, her imagination, 
her marriage, her parenting, and now giving her a new vision for a future. Sometimes immeasurably more happens unimaginably slow. You did hear what I said there, right? That over the last eight years, you're like, Darren, I... I was hoping you were going to give me the silver bullet to fixing things by Wednesday because <laughs> I'm in a little bit of a pickle. Like, I need a new career now. I need to want to still be married today. <laughs> and you're telling me that the immeasurably more than I can hope or imagine is in eight years? <laughs> yeah, I am. Totally telling you that. You see, and I think some of that has to do with this. This is just me. I think if I came to God with my inability to imagine anything different and he fixed all my problems instantaneously, you know what I think I would do? This is just me, not you. I'm sure you're more spiritual than I am. Probably are. Here's what I would do if God fixed my problems in an instant. I'd say this. Thanks, God. See ya. That's just how my heart is prone to wonder is once I feel like I've got it fixed, I'm going to go back and just get back to focusing on my image and what I'm doing. I think God knows how how much we like to wonder. So he realized, you know what? We're going to need to drag this out a little bit. We're going to need for you to actually want to be connected with me, not so I can fix you, but so that we can have a relationship. See, I didn't create you so I could fix you. I created you so that we could walk together. And I'm not scared. God says, I'm not scared of your problems. I'm not scared of your imperfections. I'm not in a hurry. What I want to do is slowly, sometimes immeasurably, sometimes unimaginably slow, transform you into who I created you to be. How about Paul? He's praying some pretty bold things here, isn't he, in Ephesians? talking about the fullness of God. As he begins chapter three, he's going through all this crazy stuff about now how God was the Jews and it was the Gentiles. Now they're all together and God's doing all this stuff. In chapter two, he's laying down this fact that, listen, if there's anybody on planet earth that doesn't deserve to be a part of this whole Jesus thing, it's me. Because you remember Paul, right? His name was also Saul. And, 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 and he was the guy who, who tried to kill and hunt down and arrest Christians. He hated this whole Jesus thing. He wanted to be stamped out, snuffed out, and not exist. And he was giving his life, risking his life to make sure the Jesus thing stopped. And if you would go and interview Saul, like if you know the, if you know the Bible stories, the first martyr to ever be killed, the first person to ever die for the name of Jesus was a guy named Stephen. And when they were taking stones and literally smashing his head, right? That's what you do when you get stoned. You throw sexual stones at people till they die. When that's happening to Stephen, Saul is over at a distance, letting people put their coats around him and going, yeah. If you would have gone up to that guy and say, hey, Saul, can you imagine this? 
Could you imagine that you will be used by this Jesus to actually write majority of the New Testament that some dork named Darren's going to preach about in 2018 years from now? Can you imagine, Saul, that you're going to actually start the majority of the churches that will change the known world over the next like 120 years or so? Can you imagine, Saul, that you will one day knowingly, willingly, joyfully die for this man, Jesus. Can you imagine it, Saul? And he would have said, you gotta be freaking kidding me. And see, we read the Bible and we forget that there's time. So I did a little Google search this year, this week. Because see, Paul is writing some immensely huge prayers that he seems pretty convinced are true and could happen. Well, how long did it take from Saul, who wanted to kill all Christians, to become public enemy number one to everyone else because he was numero uno Christian? Two weeks, right? It's like he saw and he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. If you know the story, he was blind. He came. It was like three days. Then he could see. And then on the fourth day, he wrote Ephesians chapter three. Right? It was like, it's been three hours of following Jesus. Immeasurable. Well, he couldn't have done that, right? I don't even know how they, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> immeasurably more three days later. No, no. Paul is writing this letter to Christians. Get ready. 24 years after his experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus. 24 years of God doing immeasurably more than he could ever have hoped or asked or imagine through the power of Jesus that was within him. And he did it unimaginably slowly. 24 years. See, sometimes, I don't know about you, but when I feel like I'm not growing as quickly as I should, like for instance, a couple weeks ago, I'll tell you, I told everybody on the radio, which I should probably stop telling all my secrets to everybody on the radio, but I'm trying to make a poached egg. We got this cool new poached egg thing. Julie got it for Christmas. You put the eggs in there, some steam, in like five minutes, you got poached eggs. I'm trying to eat healthy. It's the new year, okay? If you ever tried it, get raw oatmeal, put two poached eggs in, maybe a little honey, boom, you got a healthy breakfast, all right? I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to be healthy. And, and I, you don't know me as well as maybe you could, but... I do really good in speaking and, and, and preaching and stuff. And if big things happen in life, I can keep my cool pretty well. Like I don't get mad at big things. <laughs> but little things that don't matter at all. Oh my gosh, I want to put my hand through a wall, right? I lose my mind. I don't know what else is that you don't do. I'm just confessing. Can I confess this morning, all right? So I'm trying to make poached eggs. 
And I'm trying to do it, and then I, I crack the egg, and then I get eggshell in the egg. You know how that happens. And then you're fishing the eggshell out of the egg, and you can't get it, right? It's like going around, and now you've got egg everywhere. Then I take the second egg, and I'm trying to crack it in the thing, but as I move the egg maj- thingamajig, the poacher thing, over, all the egg juice yolk stuff spills inside, and then all over the counter. And I've got like eight minutes to leave my house, and now I've got egg yolk and white everywhere. And guess what? I'm still hungry. And at that moment, I stopped and I knelt right there in the kitchen. I said, dear Jesus, I love you so much. Thank you for this moment of peace. And, and the Holy Spirit came like a dove and descended on my shoulder. <laughs> and then uh, I was transfigured. And uh, my dog didn't recognize me because of the glowing nature of the Spirit. And then I found myself at my office. And I don't know how I got there. <laughs> no, I, I took all the egg stuff and I threw it into the, into the sink And then I started speaking in tongues. (laughs) PG version for the kids. I said, Pastor Darren, not you. Yes, me, right? I lost it. And I'm I'm, I'm by myself and and I'm yelling about eggs. And then I'm driving to work. And here's the conversation I have with me and God. I was like, God, really? I'm 41 years old. And I've been following you since I was like six. And, and this is still me, right? I'm still going to lose my ever-loving mind over egg yolks. I should just give up. Or try to be Hindu or something. I don't know. I, Christian thing isn't working. And then what was cool is that God just kind of slowly began to show me some things. And in that week, some cool things happened. And And I could see that God was saying, hey, listen, it's happening immeasurably more, unimaginably slow. It's okay. You're growing. How about this? How old were you 24 years ago? I had to use a calculator to figure mine out because I failed math three times in college. Uh, I was 17 years old, 24 years ago. If you go back to 17-year-old Darren and say to him, here's what you're going to be doing in 24 years, you know what 17-year-old Darren would have said? I can't even imagine that. But you know what? I've lived it. And now I can imagine it. And now all of you that are here today, and today is not a day where you can't imagine. Today is a day where you're going, I can't believe what God's doing. I've got a lot of momentum in my faith. As I look back over the, next, the last 24 years, I know that God can do and will do and has been doing immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine in my life. You know what we need to start doing when we can see that kind of 24-year growth? We need to start praying prayers like Paul is praying for the people in our lives. Because when people are at a place where they can't imagine anything more than today, they need someone that comes next to them and say, you can borrow my faith because I got a 24-year track record to know that God can be trusted and you can be transformed. Let's go. And those are the kind of prayers we got to start praying for this church and for our neighbors and for our friends. And boldly say stuff like Paul saying, not the regular prayers we say like this, God be with Bill. Amen. Be with Bill, like that's our prayer. You found out your, your neighbor or somebody's going through a divorce, their house is going to be foreclosed on. God, pray for my neighbors, be with them in this time. 
God's already with them, okay? He's promised that. So it's like God's going, okay, yeah, so what do you want me to do while I'm here with them? We can start praying things like Paul said, God, I pray that they would be able to understand and be able to get their minds around the depth and the length and the height of your love and that, that they would be able to understand and experience the unbelievable power of your spirit within them and that they would begin to experience immeasurably more than they could ever ask or imagine by your power that's within them, Jesus. Are you willing to move at the pace of God? I hope so. It's worth it. Find somebody that's figured that out and spend a lot of time with them. If you've figured it out, find someone that hasn't and say, hey, could we spend a little more time together? I'd like to expand your imagination for your future. Tracy's story, so inspiring. Go listen to the podcast. Please come join us on February 9th for Spiritual DNA. You saw the thing. You can use the promo code eight, Multiply Indiana Investing $80 in the first 100 people that register. That might be your next imaginable step. And that's the close. So, <clears throat> how do you move into immeasurably more? You take your next imaginable step. Dear, I can't imagine that. Then don't move there. What can you imagine and do now? Because the journey to become immeasurably more than you could ever imagine doesn't happen in one leap, friends, right? It happens unimaginably slow, one step at a time. So for you, what could you imagine? How about this? Could you imagine coming back next week? It's seven days from now. All you got to do is wake up next week and come. You already know how to get here. Is that going to do it, Darren? Is that the silver bullet? Next week, everything will be better. No, no. You'll just have to be taking the next imaginable step towards God's immeasurable future for you. Maybe it's rooted. We talked about it this morning. Maybe you've been here for a while and you're like, you know, I don't know how to read the Bible. I don't understand a lot of stuff about it. I could use some roots to understand this. Then you can go up outside and go sign up and go to the rooted class. It's an imaginable next step. You can imagine it. You can do it. And it can actually bring you into immeasurably more. Maybe it's come to Spiritual DNA on February 9th. You can sign up today. We've made it really easy. We've given you a scholarship. If you can imagine it, you can do it. Or maybe it's this. Maybe today's the day you finally tell Jesus, Jesus, I give you my life. Because I've been living for this many years, and guess what? The reflection I'm seeing right now, it's not great. It's not more than I can imagine. It's less than I imagined my life would be. And so Jesus, if, if you created me in your image and I can actually begin to take steps towards that, that when I'm asking Jesus, I, I, I want to give you my life and then give me your imagination for my future in you. 